Hello, and welcome to our weekly It's Your Money podcast, coming to you from our offices of financial abundance. We have offices in State College and Lewisburg, and we are fee-only advisors. And I am Deborah Seward, a registered investment advisor with the firm. And our motto here is, with education, you will have more clarity. And with clarity, we will have more confidence. And with confidence, we'll give you a peace of mind as it relates to any aspect in your financial world. So today, some of that clarity in education is going to come to you from the area of state planning. I've been in this business for, oh gosh, I'm going to date myself here, for probably 30 plus years. And one area I was really fortunate to work in uh, through my history tenure, if you will, is in the area of a trust department. Within that, we did a lot of estate planning, we did a lot of uh, retirement planning, 401ks, so on. But today I want to talk about some life experiences that have just actually happened uh, to me and my clients just within the last year. Unfortunately, um, things happen and we don't always have the right planning done. So I want to make sure that we discuss these and talk about maybe ways we can avoid these, kind of like the do's and don'ts of estate planning. So uh, one of the areas, uh, one client I want to talk to you, and we'll call him Bill. So Bill uh, was married, and Bill had all of his documents, you know, up to date. You know, basic will, health care proxy, living will, power of attorney, all of those things. But Bill died suddenly uh, about the age of 70. Now, the sad part about Bill is I think he wanted to retire a little earlier because Mary was a non-working spouse and they could have been able to do a little traveling and so on. She was 65, he was 70. One thing that was preventing Bill um, from retiring was that he had, through his work, about a $700,000 life insurance policy that was actually being paid for from his company. He had a Parent PLUS loan, and that just means he had student loans for all four of his kids, and that he was not just a co-signer on those loans, but the loans were in Bill's name. So that was great. Bill really wanted to take care of his uh, children's education, and he has done that, and they were all doing very well on their own. So I guess a positive thing was is that Parent PLUS loan was actually paid off at his death, and I honestly think that was the only reason that he was still working because of that life insurance that he had at, at work if these loans weren't paid off in time. And Mary, of course, did not know a thing about anything. Bill took care of everything. She took care of the household. She raised the children. You know, she was sufficient in all of those ways, but she didn't know a thing as it related to uh, any of their finances. Uh, she would come and sit in meetings as we were doing our planning, and she really would sit there and listen, but knew very little of what to do, especially when he died suddenly. Uh, so everything that had to be settled was fairly easy. Her, between her children and I, we really helped with everything, but it made it easy because their total estate value was under that $5 million that that's at the uh, federal level. Now, everyone will have to pay Pennsylvania inheritance taxes, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, so, so the good thing is he had proper wills in place, and he was married, and everything just transferred from Bill right over to Mary without any complications. Okay, didn't have to worry about any federal state tax at this point, or Pennsylvania because there's no taxes when it transfers from spouse to spouse. 
So I guess uh, the experience there is uh, making sure that you have the right life insurance in place, number one, and try to get your kids maybe to help pay for some of those loans. And Bill may not have been in that uh, situation at his age. The next area that we're going to talk about is, well, we'll call him Jim. Jim was another one of those that did everything from investment decisions. He did his own tax returns. He paid his own quarterly taxes. So he even took care of his wife, complete care. I mean, he even drove her everywhere she needed to go, whether it was groceries, doctor's appointments, whatever. And he was 65 years old, uh, and she had a driver's license, but she didn't, she didn't drive. So in addition, he was a, I would have to say, a little bit of a hoarder. When I went to their home to help them settle things, he had stacks of important papers. I'm talking investment statements. I'm talking prospectuses. I'm talking anything investment related uh, or any important papers. He just had in stacks. And when one stack would get full, he would start another stack. So it was a, it was very hard um, to sort things out. So they ended up bringing just boxes, uh, you know, of papers for me to go through so I knew exactly what I had. Thank goodness they were working with us and they had done a plan several years ago. So even though we may not have had 100% of, of uh, Jim's money, I knew where it was. So I was able to help a lot. And it was stocks that were in his names and his wife's names. He had stocks that were in his name and his brother's name, stocks that he had in his name and his sister's name. So it was a very complicated mess to sort out. And he could have done that a little differently had he been maybe a little more organized. But thank goodness, like I said, that they were working with us. Now, he did have a a will, so everything transferred to his wife without any uh, problems. We just, it took us probably about a good six months or so. In fact, uh, it's not been quite a year yet, and she's still sorting some things out. Uh, she's had to hire people to help her. Uh, she's trying to get the house sold, and you know, just things you don't really think of. So I think there's, a, like I said, I think there's a better way that could have been handled with all of that. Now, the third uh, area I'll talk about here, and this is just very recent, I'll call them Harry and Hilda. Harry, first of all, had a net worth of over $10 million. He had annuities. He had investments. He had checking and savings accounts. He owned a business that was 51% in his name, 50% in someone else's name. He had uh, a business, like a retirement village type business. Some of that was in his name only, and some of that he added his wife unto. He owned some stocks, actual bank stocks. Some of those were titled in his name only. Some of those were titled um, in his wife's name as well. So it's a huge, complicated estate. He's made it messier by not having a will, so no wills, no trust. He had started wills. Him and I were working together on that. To be honest, he had no children, and he just did not know what to do with his money. We've talked about charities. We talked about setting up trust for his wife to protect her. We talked about people he might want to have buy those businesses, like, you know, first options, those sorts of things. In addition to that, he owned a sawmill that was right behind his home. So this was a self-made millionaire that was a very hard worker, and he actually was 90 years old when he passed. He had several wills that he started and revoked, started and revoked. We saw notes at home. So his wife uh, had a task of trying to gather up all of his notes to figure out what is it that he really wanted 
to do uh, upon his demise. Now, the other thing that complicated this a little bit more is, is uh, Harry had hired a secretary, if you will, and she had an office in his sawmill that she was the one that paid all of his bills, made all of his deposits. Uh, she knew pretty much what he had as well. But his wife knew nothing. She actually had to go to his secretary. She had to go to, um, I will say, a, a almost like son, a grown man that Harry would share. She had to come to me and talk about what he had, where he had it, and what I knew of his wishes. So it's just very frustrating for her as to try to figure all of this stuff out. So we could not find a valid will, so we went into the attorney's office to ask them what we needed to do. So they did appoint her the administrator of his estate, which gave her the power to take care of handling his estate. Now, what we don't know yet is whether all the assets will be able to pass directly to, to his wife uh, without any Pennsylvania inheritance or without the federal inheritance coming through, simply because some of the uh, assets that he had strictly went to the estate of Harry. Well, since he had no will, we didn't know how to create an estate. And normally, as I said earlier, assets do pass from spouse to spouse with normally without any complications. Now, his wife, I don't think, really wants to keep uh, any of his assets, so we're not even done settling this. So what we've done so far is we have uh, liquidated his annuities based on who his beneficiary designations were. We have contacted all of his uh, the corporate bank stocks so that we could get those re-registered in his wife's name. And we had to go look uh, at several banks in the area which he had money spread out all over and got those accounts retitled and get to get, try to get those in her name. But as you can imagine, his wife is not only grieving, but she's trying to figure out what to do again with the money and how to take care of the settlement when she knows nothing. So she's really dependent on people like me and her attorneys to try to help her with that. And then there becomes a much bigger problem uh, after the, his estate is settled. She will have to figure out uh, what to do with her money. Again, they have no children. She will have to figure out uh, if she needs to take advantage of some other uh, estate planning areas, which we start out with really the necessary documents, which is a basic will to document your intentions. And then she needs to consider a power of attorney. And then a health care proxy. Who do I want to make? The power of attorney would be for financial decisions, but the health care proxy would be for health decisions. And then the last item that would be important is a living will. What do I want to happen if I'm uh, only being kept alive on life support systems? So those are areas that she's going to need, but she's probably going to need, uh, if she doesn't have to pay federal estate taxes, uh, she'll probably need some specialized trust in order to avoid a majority of her money going to the federal estate. So she's going to need probably some specialized trust, uh, either gifting while she's alive, maybe some irrevocable trust, or maybe even properly structured life assurance. Those are the only ways that we know how to reduce the size of your estate. Now, everyone has to pay for Pennsylvania state inheritance tax. So if you have children, that starts at 4.5% of the total estate. 
uh, that would be for children or grandchildren. Think of it uh, as a lineal. And then for distant relatives or other than children and grandchildren, it would be a 12% Pennsylvania inheritance tax. And for unrelated uh, beneficiaries of an estate would get 15%. Now, as you already remember, uh, Hilda has no children, so she's going to need to do some specialized planning because Pennsylvania would get a bigger chunk if she doesn't do that. Now, to avoid federal, federal estate taxes, the highest rate is 40%. And if you're over $1 million, it, that's where the tax will stay at 40%. So in Harry's case, if he can't get uh, everything to transfer to his wife without taxes, let's just say his estate is $10 million, 40% of that will go to the federal government. So that would be $4 million. Hopefully those assets will be able to pass tax-free to his wife. But if not, then his wife's going to, the estate will have to pay a similar number if she doesn't do any proper uh, specialized trust or, or gifting or properly structured life insurance. And um, there's only, you know, those three ways that I'm aware of to reduce your overall estate. So if you need some help getting that area cleaned up in your life, uh, please give us a call at our office. It's 814-867-5745. You could check out our website. There are ways to contact us that way via email. Besides that, our website is a pretty rocking site with a lot of good education. That's www.faicoach.com. Please be sure to check that out and be sure to listen in to next week's podcast. And we'll check out for now. Have a great day.